Hi, my name is Tatsi Rujeje and welcome to Book One by Sunshine, where I share books that make me feel bright inside. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about Make Space for Magic. Learn to receive love, abundance and support from the universe by Patty Lennon. Patty Lennon was a corporate banker. She was very successful, very hardworking and really prided herself in that. And then she became a mother. And so naturally, she craved more of a work-life balance. And so in trying to figure out what that would even look like or how to achieve it, she ended up on a spiritual journey. On this spiritual journey, she developed some methods that basically helped her get what she wanted a lot easier than she was before. And so she wanted to help other people do the same and to create the life for themselves that they want. This inspired her to create the Receiving School. And so this book is a combination of what she teaches in the receiving school, as well as her personal story. This book is a medium read. It's only 206 pages, so it's not long. But as I said, she does also involve her personal story, and it is really emotional. She's not trying to break your heart or destroy you or anything, but her story is moving. It is really moving. And so maybe add some time in for some emotional processing. I'm going to share five quotes with you, but I'm going to start with one main quote. So there'll be one main quote and four supporting quotes. And this main quote really stuck out to me. It was a real game changer. And if I take one lesson from this book, it will be this main quote. The truth is that if you simply received yourself, your world would fall into place. This quote is a prelude to part three. This book is in three parts and part three is called receiving. This is where she really gets into the methods you can use to get what you want easier. And most of it is about releasing resistance. And in a nutshell, what I got from this quote is there is nothing outside of you. And it's really funny because I've been seeing this and hearing this everywhere, that everything outside of you is a reflection of what's going on inside of you. People's behavior towards you is a reflection of what you think on how you feel about yourself. And also, when I think of receiving in terms of manifestation, I'm usually thinking of things outside of myself, like the relationship I want, the money I want, the career I want. So to be challenged to receive myself, um, not just accept, not just love or embrace, but, but to receive as I come, as I grow, what I want, what I need, who I am. Just the suggestion of that shook me up in the best way. And so I'm going to move on to the four supporting quotes so that we can delve deeper into this idea. All right. So the first of the supporting quotes is, realizing that my needs add to my lovability, not detract from it. Here she's talking about her hyper-independence, which was a trauma response. Growing up, she was never told directly by her parents not to be needy, but she did watch her mom being needed so much by other people that it wore her out, like she was totally burnt out. And so her little brain saw being needy or just needing as dangerous. It can harm another person. And also, the less she needed and the more other people were able to need her, the less she received and the more she gave, she was praised by her parents. And so this sort of cemented the idea in her. And this this also made me think of 
how often when we reject our feminine, we overcompensate with our masculine. I'm really interested in feminine energy, and it's actually how I got back into reading. Each of us has feminine and masculine energy in us, whether we identify as a man or a woman, whether we're biologically male or female. And we have feminine and masculine energy to different degrees. And so when I hear her talking about, in the book in general, pushing away or pushing down her needs, I read that as her rejecting her feminine side, which a lot of us are taught to do because anything in the feminine scope is usually seen as inferior and anything in the masculine scope is usually seen as superior. Um, but what happens is that when we reject the feminine part of ourselves, the masculine part of ourselves has to overcompensate to keep us balanced. And so I just saw this relating to how hard she was working to the point where she wasn't fulfilled, to the point where she herself was in burnout, just as she so often saw her mother. And so what I took from this is that it's important to value yourself for what you can receive, as much as for what you can give. We're often afraid that if we need too much from other people, they'll reject us, or we'll overwhelm them, um, we'll hurt them by overwhelming them, or we'll repulse them. But if you think about it, take love for example, an easy example. Most of us don't just want to be loved, we also want to love. It's part of the pleasure, and it's the closeness you feel with the person. Just know that if you truly need something from your family, your friends, your significant other, and you go to them with that need, that vulnerability that you're presenting at that point, just that honesty that you come with, that bravery, that trust you have of them will be honored, and it gives them you know, an opportunity to feel good that they can add value to your life. So you don't have to be so afraid of it. All right, on to the second supporting quote. Your natural instincts and reactions are perfect for your ideal life growth. Here she's referring to a psychological theory by Carl Rogers, um, that in order to achieve self-actualization, you need to be in an environment that allows you to be yourself. What I got from this quote is that everything about you is useful. Everything you deem as good, everything you deem as bad, everything you deem as ugly, everything is useful and you can use it to create the highest version of yourself by accepting it and by seeing the value that each part of you has to offer. And it's hard to believe that that is what will create the best version of me. I mean, I have heard that when you integrate with your shadow, you become your highest self. But a lot of the time that just sounds like inspirational woo-woo, even though I'm really into woo-woo, but it sounds a bit more woo-woo than my woo-woo. We get so fascinated with villains. A lot of people in 2022 on TikTok are saying that 2022 is my villain year. And maybe this is why we're so fascinated because they're able to embrace that shadow. They're able to 
receive those rejected parts of themselves, accept it, use those parts of themselves and mold it to get what they want. They're not shy about what they want. They're not thinking about whether what they want is acceptable or good or whether it's selfish. They just want it. And maybe that's what really, that's what really thrills us about them. That's what really thrills us about them. On to quote three, which ties in perfectly. When we reject the selfish self, we have decided that honoring what we need is bad. So the selfish self, selfish self, she puts in bunny ears, is one of Patty Lennon's three commonly rejected selves. So there's the needy self, the lazy self, <laughs> but this focus is on the selfish self. These selves are basically like a template of the parts of ourselves that we reject. So if you can think to yourself about what do you deem needy about yourself? What do you deem selfish? What do you deem lazy? By asking yourself that question, you can start to uncover the parts of yourself that you are rejecting. When you reject the part of you that is selfish, meaning that is focused on you, who you are, what your needs are, what your wants are, even if it will inconvenience other people in some way, it leaves you feeling unfulfilled, it leaves you feeling angry, bitter, irritable, but but more severely, I think, is that you don't know what to do about it. Because you've lost contact with that part of yourself, you don't even know how to remedy it. So it can be really, really dangerous. And so what I took from this is that honoring your own needs won't take away from the needs of others. And the reason I can say this with so much confidence and boldness is that you, you can't pour from an empty cup, you know? You're not truly giving to others until you've given to yourself because most of the time you're doing it out of obligation. And anything done for another person um, outside the realm of love is sort of like putting other people in debt. You know when someone does something nice for you, but, you know, as soon as they need something done... It's like they've come to collect the debt. It's those people who say, but I did this for you, but I've done so much for you. But last week I, but yesterday I, but remember when. You can tell those people poured from an empty cup because they did it while marking an X to your name saying that, okay, now Tzatzi owes me. Now she owes me. When you're not willing to give from your own empty cup, if it's empty, if you can't right now, um, or even if you just don't want to, they may get angry, but the anger isn't even about you. Even if you did what they wanted, it may sedate them for a little bit, but it will, it will never truly give them that satisfaction and that fulfillment that they need from themselves that they don't even know how to access. And so that's not really giving, is it? That's not really, it's not helpful. It's not generous. It's manipulative, if anything. Quote five. What has changed is that I've walked through fire for myself. 
Hmm. Here she's reflecting on how she's become the mother she wanted to be. So she refers to the a conversation that she had with her daughter at the beginning of the pandemic when we really we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know how long it was going to last. Um especially the lockdowns, who March 2020. <laughs> and so her daughter was talking about how hard it had been on her friends. And so when she checked in with her daughter on how she was doing with everything, her daughter told her that she was actually doing very well and actually expressed the guilt for it because her friends were doing so much worse than she was. And what this taught um, Patty Lennon was that her resilience, her faith in something beyond herself and her the work she's done on herself has been an example to her daughter and has taught her how to trust through and endure through, persevere through um, difficult times. And that's something you can't teach a person. In fact, this is, this is towards the end of the book, and she even says that there's no way to teach or help or make someone make space for magic. All you can do is show them by your own example, by doing it for yourself, by doing it for yourself. When you make space for magic for yourself, when you receive yourself, then you teach other people to receive themselves. And I thought that was so powerful. Overall, this book felt like, you know, when you have a good cry and then you have a good nap and you wake up feeling renewed because receive yourself also has to do with not changing yourself or, you know, when you love yourself, you look at yourself with loving eyes. But I feel like when you take the rose colored glasses off, you see you for you, for who you truly are. And that's been a really difficult journey for me to see myself for who I am even the parts of me that I've tried to hide and hold on to to protect or reject because the world around me hasn't been receptive to it just allowing myself even to acknowledge those parts of me it took a lot of weight off of my shoulders which is great and I did feel relief when it came to that, but I also felt a little bit of panic. By the end of this book, I had a bit of an emotional hangover. But the challenge was received, and hopefully I'll be able to receive me too. Thank you for listening to Book One by Sunshine. I hope I've made you feel bright inside. Bye for now.